this morning, uh, I'm actually going to uh, lay back and invite somebody else to uh, come speak to you this morning, and uh, a fellow by the name of Jesse Neri. And Jesse is one of our youth workers. He's fantastic, and I love him so much. And, uh, and so let me give you a quick update on youth ministry for those of you who aren't necessarily in the know about youth, our youth ministry. Uh, about a year ago, we, um, Matt uh, Johnson, who is our, our youth pastor, um, he was in the throes of uh, some pretty serious symptoms from a rare form of Lyme disease. And it was just <coughs> honestly kind of ravaging his body to the point that um, he was just, uh, he was very uh, sickly, had no energy. Uh, his complexion was great. I mean, he looked like death warmed over and, and was barely getting around. And, um, and just, and if you've never known anybody that's gone through Lyme disease and that sort of thing, it can be just an exhausting, very frustrating process. And so, uh, Matt had reached a place to where, uh, honestly, he just didn't have the health or energy to put into his position as youth pastor as, as what he needed. And it was, it, I had conversations with him. It was just killing him uh, that he wanted to work so bad and just could not get, get it done. And so uh, the elders and I had a conversation. And obviously, we love the work that Matt has done and didn't want to just kick him to the curb because he was sick or anything. But we realized he needed some help. And so we decided to split his hours between himself and Jesse Neri. We brought Jesse Neri on as a, as a co-youth uh, leader. And, um, and so for a lot of months now, Jesse has been working in that capacity and honestly has just knocked it out of the park. I mean, just knocked it out of the park. And he is, um, I've just been so impressed by the way he just stepped into that leadership role and has just done a fantastic job. And, um, and so the good news in all of this is that Matt is back. He's got his health back and, and God has done a really great work in his life. And, um, and so he's feeling, he's feeling much more, much more like the Matt that we all know and love. And, and, uh, and so, so he's stepping back into, uh, assuming all of the responsibility he once had. Jesse is stepping out of kind of paid, uh, youth ministry. Uh, but he's, st- he's not necessarily stepping back from the responsibility. He's, he still, uh, loves the ministry and, and will, you know, you, you won't notice any difference that way. Um, uh, but he is, he just does a fantastic job. We appreciate both the job that him and Matt do. And I want to invite Jesse up and, and just, and, uh, while he's on his way up here, I just want to say that when it comes to both Matt and Jesse, um, you know, they're young guys. And, um, and so as with all of us, as we get more years under our belt and gain a little bit more maturity and stuff like that, we become better at things that we do. But I say this without any, uh, qualification. <clears throat> and, um, if you are, have a parent, if, if you are a parent, um, of a teen in our youth group, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Say what you will about these two young guys, but they both are master disciplers. And I mean, I mean that literally. They are master disciples. They could teach us all a thing or two about making disciples. And um, and I, I so appreciate that the, the work that they do to come alongside of our kids and not just not just provide a fun environment for them. That you know, even though they do that, what they do is that they they walk alongside of our teens and they help them through that process process of. Of, of making that transi- transition from their parents' faith to their own faith. And it is uh, amazing to watch them do that work. Amazing to, do, to watch them do that. 
And, uh, and, and let me just say, if you, if you have a teenager, junior high, uh, high school age uh, kid, and you don't have them in the youth group, um, you are missing out on something that could be really powerful in the health of your family. And uh, I'm not going to you know, make any promises that they'll magically you know, turn all your kids into little angels or anything because that's not going to happen. Uh, but what they will do is help them find their own faith, which in the long run is much better than them being angels. Amen? And, and so you didn't say amen. You don't know what you're talking about. So, so here's the deal. Let me just say this about uh, Jesse. As, as a dad, um, I, I've had, you know, two teens in the youth group, uh, Molly and, and Isaiah. And, uh, and I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. Um, it's, it's been amazing what you have been able to do with my kids. And uh, to, to watch them grow in their faith. Um, I was never as strong in my faith as my kids are at, at the same age. And um, it, it's, 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 it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing to see. And, and Jamie and I have always said it's never been our goal to raise perfect kids. It's our goal to raise kids who, when they do mess up because they will, that they know that God still loves them. And, um, and you've helped us in that process, and you've like, partnered with us as parents. And I just want to say thank you. You're awesome. I love you. Jesse's going to teach you this morning. Good morning, guys. So, uh, like you said, my name is Jesse. Um, so this is round two. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I was really nervous this morning for for first service. the the whole The whole week leading up to this today, like I just been getting all the time. Oh, are you are you nervous? Are you nervous? And especially like this morning, I got it like a hundred times. But but the whole time I was just like, nah, not really. I mean, I I feel pretty prepared. I guess I, I'm not I'm not too nervous until the first song started playing this morning in first service the the nerves starting to started to come in and then as soon as uh the last song ended i was like all right here we go and and literally i was shaking the entire time (laughs) during the first service so hopefully this one goes a little bit better um a little bit about me um i i never went to uh theology school i'm not a a a um going to school for ministry or anything like that. I'm actually going to school for, for maintenance uh, on aircraft. And so I'm not, I don't have it all figured out. And I am not a good speaker. Um, and I'm also not a good reader. So I'm going to be stumbling over my words the entire time. Um, luckily, the verses will be up on the screen. So you guys can, like when it comes to the reading part, you can just tune me out and read it and then kind of go on with that, because yeah, I, I have no idea what I'm doing. But, um, but <laughs> when, uh, when Jeff texted me, uh, I think it was a little over a month ago, and asked me if I wanted to, to preach, I, 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 was in, I was in the middle of class, and, and I just got that text message, and just immediately I was just like, oh... And, and literally the entire, it, he texted me like the first hour of class, and it's a five-hour class, and uh, I could not pay attention the entire rest of the day. Not like I really pay attention that much anyway, <laughs> but it, it was even more so. Um, but, sorry, my, my teacher's here, so I can, I can make fun of his class. What's up, Spo? Um, <laughs> it's a good class. Um, anyway. 
So uh, I'm going to go ahead and, and jump into it, but um, I'm going to pray real quick and, and we'll get started. Um, Lord, I love you. Uh, God, I just pray that you you will speak this morning, that it not be my own words, but it, it be yours, God, that, uh, that you will just touch our hearts and open our hearts, Lord, to, to your word and, and what you're calling us. God, I just pray that you, you speak this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So those nerves aren't all gone yet. All right. Uh, so if you would, turn with me over to Matthew chapter 16. Um, we're going to be jumping around quite a bit. Um, but if you have your Bibles, it's, it's good for you all to, to read along and to read before and afterwards and everything. More than just what's up on the screen. Um, but so kind of what I wanted to do this morning was kind of look at kind of what it means to be a Christian, what what this this Christianity looks like, I guess, and and because quite honestly, if if we if all we get out of Christianity is to show up to church on Sunday mornings and do our best not to say a couple of cuss words, then we missed it, completely flat out missed it, and so I kind of want to look at what it really means this thing that we call Christianity, this faith that we profess. Um, So Matthew chapter 16, verses 24 and 25 says, Then Jesus told his disciples, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. And so for, for all of us, a lot of us here are, are kind of trying to find fulfillness. Uh, a lot of us in, in life in general are just always trying to find fullness or, or fulfillness in, in some way. For, for a lot of us, it could be our house or our yard or our car or the new cell phone or the new whatever, right? We're, we always need that new thing. We always need that thing to make us feel full. But but in all honesty, all those things, they're, they, they're not going to do anything for us. They, they might give us that temporary high, but as soon as that high fades off, then we need to get the next thing. And we're just in this constant battle of going to the next thing, the next big new thing. What's that, that like 50s concept called? Keeping up with the Joneses, that thing. Um, but but it, it's, it's from what Jesus said in, in, in verse 25, for Whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. So he says, the standard of Jesus is said, to find your life, you have to lose it. But that seems contradictory, right? That just seems weird. Um, but then, if we, so we're going to kind of look into that and to look into what it means, the, the, the standard that, that Jesus set about what it means to be a Christian is to take up our cross and follow him. So we're going to kind of try to break that down. Because honestly, what, what does that look like? What does it look like to take up your cross? Well, the beautiful thing is that Jesus died on the cross to show us how. And that's uh, your first note up there. So we're, we're going to kind of dive into... Jesus' walk towards the cross and everything that he went through in that and how we can apply it to our own life. So if you'll flip with me over to John chapter 10. 
John chapter 10, verse 18 says, No one takes my life from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. And so it, re- it all begins with the fact that we have to be willingly surrender our life to God. No one's going to force us into it. We, we have to take that step on our own. And, and I know that, that this, so this, this could sometimes be a, a kind of controversial topic. So I'm just going to real quickly throw out a, a quote by a, a preacher by the name of Alistair Begg, who is a five-point Calvinist. And if you don't know what a five-point Calvinist is, that's fine. It really doesn't matter. Um, but, but what he, he said is that he calls you to believe, but he can't believe for you. And, and um, what, what Jeff said, I think it was last week in, in his little um, sermon thing, was that one of the most loving things that our Father did for us was that he gave us a choice. He gave us a choice to follow him or not. You know, he, he calls us to believe, but we, have to, we still have to believe for ourselves. He can't do that for us. And so this idea of following Jesus and taking up our cross, it's something that we have to do daily. We have to do consciously. You can't just wake up in the morning and go on with the rest of your day. But every day when you wake up in the morning, say, no, I'm going to pick up my cross and I'm going to live this day for Jesus. It's not something, it's not just a one-time altar call, come and get prayed over and accept Jesus. No, it's something that you do every single day. Um, Moving on to, to John chapter 19, if we flip with me over there, it's just one, one little verse. But uh, as Jesus moves to the cross, and he's been arrested already, and he's getting ready to be delivered to the cross, um, John chapter 19, verse 1 says, Then Pilate took Jesus and flogged him. Now, as I was kind of preparing the sermon, I really realized that there's so little detail in, in, or imagery, I guess, in kind of what happened in, in, in these Gospels. And, and so that's, I really got an appreciation for uh, the Passion of the Christ because it really allows us to visualize kind of what happened. And so that's why I asked Jeff to kind of throw up that picture for us because uh, it says that Jesus was flogged. And to kind of understand what that means, is that that's what he actually looked like. He... To, he he had his flesh, he was whipped to the point where his flesh, his ribs and intestines were showing. His flesh was ripped away from him. And so for us, I believe that means that as we go, as we start to take our life and live for Jesus and, and, and to take up our own cross, is that... Um, these things that we call self, our, our identity or, or our, our own personality or, or whatever you want to call it, they're going to be sometimes violently torn away from us. They're going to be sometimes violently and painfully taken from us. Um, some of us might lose friends, family, homes, jobs. And some of you guys in here might have experienced that, losing those things for, for your faith. Um, but, but in the end, in the end, it's so worth it. 
no matter how much pain that we have to go through, no matter how many lost friends or lost family or, or lost opportunities, in the end, we get Christ. We get Jesus. We get something that's so much greater than anything that we could possibly receive on this earth. It, it's so much bigger than, than all of us. It's so much bigger than anything else. Now, now I don't, I don't want this to be kind of misunderstood in that like our, our, who we are is going to change. That doesn't mean that, that you stop watching certain TV shows or, or you start sending your kids to, to Christian school or homeschooling or, or um, it doesn't mean that you, I, I don't know, go do different things. That, that, that's, that's not what I'm trying to say. But what, what I'm trying to... Now, those, those are good things. I'm not trying to say they're bad things. But, but what I'm saying is that who you are changes. It's not just what you do that changes. It's, it's who you are. And here's the crazy thing is that you have no control over it. You, you can't change yourself. You, you, could take, you could take a bad person, someone who, who's, who's been to jail, who, who's stolen a bunch of stuff or whatever, and you could take that person and he can start to do good things. And, and, and he could go out and, and help people or, or or help support other people, but but in the inside, he's still the same person that he was. We can't we can't change who we are, but God can. God can change who we are. God could take that broken man and make him whole again. So it's not in the end. It's not up to you. It's not it's not just who you are, or sorry, it's not just what you do that changes, but it's who you are. Your your identity changes um i think i said something about else last service but i don't really remember so i'm just going to move on to john chapter oh actually no we're still in chapter 19 um but over to verses 16 through 19 verse 16 through 19 says so he delivered him over to them to be crucified so they took jesus and he went out bearing his own cross to the place called the place of the skull which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. There they crucified him, and with him two others, one on either side, and Jesus between him them. Pilate also wrote an inscription and put it on the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. So, as Jesus is being laid on the cross, the cross acts as an altar. And where his feet, his ability to go, and his hands, his ability to do, are laid on that altar. And for us, it needs to be the same way. Our ability to go and our ability to do needs to be laid on the altar. It needs to be surrendered up to Christ. You know, it, it's, it's no longer that we go and do whatever it is that we want and ask that God bless it. Although what we want might be a good thing, but instead we're following God and what He's calling us to do, rather than our own desires. Um, kind of an example of this in my own life. Um, I don't want to be up here. <laughs> I, I I've never been a good speaker. I've never been a good reader or any of these things. I, I, I specifically remember when, when I was younger, maybe like 18 or so, and uh, I, I was trying to figure, I was kind of making 
my faith more, a little bit more on my own. And I was just telling myself, it was like, you know, I, I got I to start doing something. Like, this, this has got to change. And, 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 and I, I specifically remember, which is impressive because I, I really don't have a good memory. Um, but I specifically remember thinking like, oh, I, I know, I'll be, uh, I'll be an elder or something, right? What does it, I don't even know what an elder is. But I'll do that. It's a, it's a good idea. And, and I specifically remember, I, was, I told myself, I was like, you know, I'll, I'll, I mean, I'll never be like a speaker or, or a teacher. Like, I can't read. I can't, I can't speak. So obviously that's off the books. <laughs> but that's exactly what God has called me to do. Um, it, it, it still blows my mind that I'm up here. That's why I was saying when, when Jeff texted me, I was literally freaking out. Like, I was shaking in my seat in the class. Um, but, uh, so, for, for all of you guys, like, it's the same way. God might be calling you to do something that you think there's, there's no way you could be doing that. I never thought I would be standing in front of you guys all giving a sermon or anything. Like, even with the youth group, I never saw that possibly happening as I was growing up. Um, but seriously, like, whatever it is that God's calling you to do, you could do it. it it's, it's, a, it's, it's another little quote that I, I heard growing up, is that, is that God equips the called. He doesn't call the equipped. So whatever it is that God's calling you to do, you might be looking at that thing and be just like, there's no way I could do that. I, I can't do any of those things. But God will make the way. With God, all things are possible. He can make it happen. He will make a way for you to do those things if you just remain faithful to him and remain in submission and to him whatever he's calling you to do he could he could make it happen um kind of another example uh like i said i've been going to school for for the past three years now for aircraft maintenance and i'm in my last semester now and um but i remember when when i first even before I started going to the school, but like when I was planning to go to the school, I was my idea was to to go through the, through the school, get my my aircraft maintenance license, and and go work for like a big air, airline company like um, FedEx or or something else like that. Make a make a ton of money and drive a wicked fast race car. Like that was my goal. I was like, yes, race car, let's do it. It's going to be great. And, and um, it was actually really kind of funny. These last three years, I've I've also just started um, joining in the youth group. These last three years, and honestly, I've grown so much more in these last three years than, than I've ever grown in, in my faith. And and honestly, I thank Jeff and Matt for allowing me to to come and and uh, really partner along with them and and do this with them because I've grown so much from from all this opportunity. But. Uh, to the point where, where like, I didn't even want anything to do with this aircraft maintenance thing anymore. I, I, I was done with it. I, I remember, like, I think in the middle of my second year, I was just like, I hate this so much. I'm ready to, to be done. And, like, by the end of my second year, I was just like, I might not even uh, sign up for next, next year. Like, I, I'm just ready. Like, God, send me out, whatever it is, wherever you want me to go. Like, let's go to India. Let's, let's go to some third world country. I'll do whatever. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm bored with this. I don't want to do it anymore. This sucks. Um, and so I was ready. I was ready to go do whatever it is that he wanted me to do. But he kept me in class, and he kept me in school. And so I was just like, well, all right, 
This sucks. But, <laughs> but, um, but really, it, it all started to change uh, just la- last semester, actually. I, and I, uh, I remember Jeff posted, or Jamie, Jeff's wife, posted this thing on, on Facebook. And we, we have um, a, a missionary family that, that comes to our church, uh, Nate and Elizabeth Clausane. And they're, they're missionaries in Papua New Guinea. And, like, in the dense, like, deep jungle of Papua New Guinea, like, 10 miles. Like, you either hike 10 miles through the bush or you take an aircraft in, 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 in like, a helicopter or an airplane. Um, and Jamie posted this thing about the, the organization that they work for, New Tribes Missions, getting, getting some new airplanes, uh, this airplane called a, a Quest Kodiak. And I remember hearing about that aircraft before from some um, other students in my class, and I was like, oh. That's really cool. And so kind of jokingly, I was just like, I want to work on those airplanes. And I, I commented on, on that post. And, and later that day, Jeff just sends me a message, message and he's just like, hey, are, are you serious? Because if you're serious, like, we can make that happen. And I was just like, oh, oh, okay. And, and, and really, it kind of gave me, gave me a whole other kind of just... Um, idea or just strength about what it is that I'm going to school for, because there's so much good that could be done with, with what I'm going to school for and what I'm doing. And so now my goal, instead of working for FedEx and, and making a ton of money and driving a wicked fast race car, now my goal is to be working for a mission organization somewhere in the world, working on their aircraft to help send missionaries out into the mission field. And, and so, so I, I want to ask you guys... Like, really, like, look into your own life. Like, this is, this is, this is, this is the challenging part, because I'm going to challenge you guys right now. Look, look at yourself, and look, look at the way you're, you're living right now. It, are you doing what you want to be doing, or are you doing what God is calling you to do? Because, because you, are you playing it safe, or are you risking everything to follow God? You know, there, there's, there's so much... That, that he's calling all of us. I, I honestly believe he's calling all of us, every single person in this room, to do something. It's going to be different for everyone. For some of you guys, it might be to be a preacher. For some of you guys, it might be to go be a missionary somewhere in the world. For some of you guys, it might be to stay here, continue coming to this church, and raise your kids as, as well as you possibly can. And not trying to say, I'm not saying that that's a small feat by any means, because that is huge. Um, but God's calling all of us to do something. We just need to be open to what it is that God's calling us to do. We have to have our hearts and our ears open to His voice and His word. And, and that, that's such a strange concept. I remember hearing that growing up in in uh, youth group. Actually, no, I don't. I don't remember youth group growing up. But um, <laughs> that that idea of listening to God and 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 kind of what where what he's calling you to do you I, I imagine some of you guys are just sitting here like what are you talking about listening to God weirdo God doesn't talk to you no he does <laughs> he really does but we have to come to him humbly we have to come to him with open hearts with earnest desire to follow him and when we come to him truthfully and honestly and earnestly with our whole heart open and in complete surrender that's when he's going to tell us where he's, he's wanting us to go. And so, 
there is there's something that I said last last time. It, 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 it's it, it's kind of this this weird this weird idea that that um I feel like a lot of the time we get the idea that that God is kind of here for us. He, he's here so that we can get good things or that so that God can bless us. But the opposite, it's, it's the complete opposite, is that we're here for him. We're, we're, we're here to do his will, to do his work that he's calling us out to do. It's not, it's not so that we could, we could be blessed or, or that we could get health, wealth, and prosperity. Like, it's, it's so, so much the opposite of those things. It's, it's so that we can be with him, in relationship with him, and allowing him to guide us through life and where it is that he wants us to go. Not so that we could do things and then God can bless it and it goes well and that we could get a lot of money from it or, or, or whatever, but that it's, it's just living in surrender to him. Um, the last where I wanted to end is Romans chapter 12 and kind of Romans chapter 12 verses one and two. It says, I appeal to you therefore brothers by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And so this whole thing that I've been talking about today, it's this idea of of what it means to be a living sacrifice. Like, Like Paul is telling us what God is calling us to do is to live as living sacrifices. And if we look at like what a normal sacrifice is, it's something that like you kill it and it's dead and it's worthless to you. You don't get any of the money for it. You're not allowed to eat the meat or of it or whatever. And so for us, it needs to be the same way as that as living sacrifices, our life isn't our own anymore. Our life is God's and whatever it is that he's calling us to do and whatever it is that he wants us to do, it's his, not ours. We're, we're called to be servants of God. Um, and we need to be living our lives in complete surrender to Christ. If, if we try and take over, things aren't going to go very well. But if we continue to allow him to lead and guide, then he's going to make all things well. Um, I'm going to steal something that uh, Matt said last service, in, in that, like, you might, you might be sitting here and, and just kind of looking at yourself and just like, who, who am I? Like, I've been through so much stuff. I've done so many bad things in my life. God doesn't want to use me. No, yes, he does. Like, like Matt was saying, like, some of, one of my biggest mentors in my life has been through a lot. He, he, he's, I won't go into detail, but he, he, he was a bad guy. He was a really bad guy. But God got a hold of his life. God changed his life. God changed, changed his identity. And God called him out to do his will. And he's grown me in my, my faith. He's, he's helped me through life. And he's been able to do amazing things. And he's continuing to do amazing things in Christ's name because he follows God. And whatever it is that he's calling him to do, even though it looks like there's no way that anything is going to work out, he does it. Guys, it's the same way for you. It doesn't matter what you've done in your life, what you've been through. God wants to use you. All you have to do is surrender yourself up to him, and he will guide you, and he will use you.
Um, so yeah, I want to end with that. Um, I'm going to pray, and then we can all be dismissed. Um, but yeah. Lord, I love you. God, thank you so much for, for this day and, and just everyone here. Lord, I just pray that um, you will open up our hearts, you will open up our ears, and open up our mind to, to who you are, Lord, to, to what you're calling us to do and, and where you're calling us to go. Um, God, I just pray that we will live in surrender to, to your will, Lord, because you are so much greater and you are so much bigger than everything and anything in our own life, our, our life in general, Lord. You are so worth it. Everything that we may lose and everything that we may go through, God, you are so worth it. So, Lord, I just pray that um, we draw near to you and, and that you will, you will guide us and you will lead us, Lord, that we will go out of this room change and we will go out of this room just in love with you um lord we love you in jesus name amen